parents took him out of school to study medicine, convinced that he could win his school degree by studying on his own. The courses that were listed on the bulletin board terrified him. Anatomy, pathology, physiology, pharmacy, chemistry, botany, clinical medicine and therapy, not to mention hygiene and materia medica, all names that loomed like majestic shadows in temple doors. He understood nothing. No matter how hard he listened, he just couldn't grasp the subject. Yet he worked hard, he acquired bound notebooks, went to all his lectures, didn't miss one single class. He managed his daily assignment of work like a mill horse who trots around in blinders, unaware of what he is grinding. He prepared unceasingly for his examination. He memorized all the questions beforehand and passed with a decent grade. It was a happy day for his mother. They celebrated with a big party. Where would he practice? In Tote. There was only one old doctor there. Madame Bovary had been watching out for his death for a long time, and the good soul had barely expired when Charles moved in across the street as his successor. But it was not enough to have raised her son, arranged for him to study medicine, and discovered Tote for him to practice in. He needed a wife. She found him one, Madame Dubuc, the widow of a Dieppe bailiff who was 45 years old and had an income of 1,200 pounds. Charles had hoped for better days following his marriage. He assumed he would be freer to choose his own actions and spend his money as he pleased. But his wife was the ruler. He had to watch what he said and didn't say in public, eat fish on Friday, dress as she prescribed, and harass the patients who didn't pay. She would open his letters, spy on his whereabouts, and listen behind the partition when there were women in the consulting room. And she would end by asking him for some medicine for her health and a bit more love. About four o'clock one morning, they were awakened by the sound of a horse stopping right at their door. The messenger handed over a letter sealed with a dab of blue wax which begged Monsieur Bovary to come immediately to Les Berteaux to set a broken leg. It was an impressive farm. In the stables over the open doors, big workhorses could be seen feeding leisurely at their new mangers. A large dunghill extended along the length of the buildings. Among the hens and turkeys, five or six peacocks were foraging on top. The sheepfold was long, the barn high, with walls as smooth as a woman's hand. The yard, its trees planted equidistant from one another, sloped upward, and the gay cackle of a flock of geese came from the pond. A young woman in a blue wool dress trimmed with three flounces came to the threshold to receive Monsieur Bovary. Charles went up to the second floor to see the patient. He found Monsieur Rouault in his bed, perspiring under the covers. He was a short, heavy man of fifty, with white skin and blue eyes. He was bald on the forepart of his head and wore earrings. It was an extremely simple fracture with no complications whatsoever. Charles couldn't have wished for an easier one. The bandages in place, the doctor was invited by Monsieur Rouault himself to have a bite with his daughter, Mademoiselle Emma, before leaving. At first, they discussed the patient, then the weather, the cold spells, the wolves roaming the fields at night. Mademoiselle Huo didn't like the country at all, especially now that she was almost solely responsible for the care of the farm. Charles was surprised at the whiteness of her nails. 
They gleamed cleaner than Dieppe ivories and were almond-shaped. Her hand was not attractive, however, perhaps not white enough. Her real beauty was in her eyes. Although they were brown, they seemed black because of the lashes, and she would look at you frankly with bold candor. Instead of returning to Les Berteaux three days later, as he had promised, he appeared the very next day, then regularly twice a week, not counting the unscheduled visits that he paid from time to time, as if by accident. Everything was going well, the injury was healing properly, and when, at the end of forty-six days, old Rouault was seen trying to walk by himself, people began considering Monsieur Bovary a very talented man. Old Rouault said that he wouldn't have been treated better by the most prominent doctors of Yvetot or even of Rouen. During the first weeks that Charles frequented Les Berteaux,